This is your itinerary for travel and photography with your host, Rob Knight. Your itinerary this week features professional photographer and educator Rick Garrity. Rick talks about how taking the long way has helped him develop his road photography style. Hey, welcome to Your Itinerary. My name is Rob Knight, and my guest today is my buddy Rick Garrity. Rick is a published professional photographer who's been on the job for over 30 years. And Rick specializes in all types of photography, but I usually refer to him as a road photographer. He's a member of the Lumix Luminary team and a good friend of mine. So welcome, Rick, and thanks for being on the show. Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm great, man. Uh, I think it's hilarious that you are actually in your truck to do this interview. That's so awesome, man. It's so apropos. Hey, man. I'm getting geared up. I'm I'm about to uh, take another road trip to Vegas and then from Vegas, of course, and meet you in Portland. So not even surprised. uh, yeah, <laughs> cool. Should be fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Uh, I mentioned in the introduction that I call Rick a, a road photographer, and that's different than a street photographer. I don't mean that you know he hangs out and and shoots uh, people on the street. Um, Rick drives more than anybody I know, and I don't know anybody else who would rather drive from New Jersey to Vegas than fly. So, um, Rick, why do you prefer driving to flying or or anything else? You know, uh, a while ago, I decided I would take a trip and and um, just photograph my way across the country when I was going out to Vegas to the CE show, and um, it's like crack. I mean, I got hooked on it, and just I just started driving and driving everywhere, and and now I've got it'll my truck will actually turn three hundred thousand miles on this trip, and um, yeah, I just love it. I, I love it because I can get great content, and I can try out new equipment, and I can carry anything I want because I'm not restricted to know the airlines and and what I can take with me so I'm pretty much okay and I can and I can do things like this from from anywhere you know it's awesome <laughs> and I'm gonna ask you about that in a minute your your setup but um, so your truck has uh, it's gonna turn 300,000 miles and the crazy part about that is the 2012 right yeah no 2007, <laughs> 2007 yeah I know I'm just kidding <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so Driving is obviously a form of travel that offers more interesting photo ops than flying in general. Um, which came first, man? Your your time behind the wheel or your road photography style? Um, did you did you want to make a particular type of photograph and you thought, well, I'm going to need to drive across the country to get those kind of pictures? Or um, did your style develop? I know you have a commercial photography background, so did you um, just sort of hit the road and ended up developing your... Um, your sort of street portraits and, and that kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I've always liked to uh, walk around different cities and photograph things. I, but uh, traveling across the U.S. has always intrigued me because I, there's so many different types of people that you meet. And it seems like everybody that I meet always has some type of a story behind the photographs I take. And, and it's just, it becomes really interesting. And, and I found myself, like, talking to everyone that I meet, you know, somebody that's interesting looking tell them that they're interesting looking and, and, and it winds up, you know, I have coffee with them and hang out and get a great shot. And next time I travel cross country, I'm liable to bump into them again. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool, man. I really like it. So I, I sort of developed that as I was driving, just stopping and bumping into different types of people. Any, anybody from, you know, truck drivers, American Indians, um, you know, bikers, uh, you name it. I've, I've, you know, come in contact with them all and it's just, it's fun, man. I really like it. Yeah, and I think I think you and I share um, a sort of uh, like we're not we're not afraid of bikers and tattooed people and 
sort of more interesting looking characters. I think some people are, are maybe intimidated by that. Um, what advice would you give people that, you know, you see a guy and you think, wow, that guy looks really crazy. I'd want to make his picture. How, how do you um, approach somebody like that? Yeah, normally, you know, I, I just kind of evaluate, you know, the, the way they look and, and see, you know, the type of actions. I mean, there are some people that you may not want to approach. Uh, you can kind of generally look at someone, and if they're if they're talking to themselves and they're not on a cell phone, you might want to shy away from that. Uh, but in general, I mean, all the people that I've seen, it seems like the gruffer individuals are more apt to carry on a pretty decent conversation with showing them respect and and talking to them about their lives and and why you find them interesting, and they usually open up and and have great stories. Yeah, I think that's a good tip, man. If you just walk up to somebody and say, hey, can I make your picture? That's a whole different thing than if you say, hey, man, I think this is interesting about you. I think, you know, you look cool or, or your motorcycle's cool or you're wearing something interesting um, and actually start a conversation instead of just jumping right into, hey, I want to make your picture and then, you know, take off. I think that's no, right. You know, I, I agree 100%. I mean, I, I think, you know, if someone walked right up to me and said, you know, hey, can I take your picture, the first thing I would do would be to be a little apprehensive. But if they say, hey, I want to, you know, hey, I really think that, you know, you're uh, you're from this area. Obviously, you, you look like, you know, you're a, a, a miner or a biker or a trucker or something. And, and, you know, you must have a story. You know, what you know, what do you do? You know, what kind of what kind of cool things do you do? And man, people are always willing to share stuff with you. They're really, they're proud of where they are. They're proud of what they do. Uh, you know, bikers, man, especially. I mean, the guys love their motorcycles. So, you know, they're all about telling you what year it is and what they did to it and all kinds of stuff. Next thing you know, you got this, you know, this big, gruff looking guy. It's just kind of like a big kid. He's just having a blast talking to you and you're enjoying it as well. So, and then you make a great photo because now you're relaxed and it's not just jumping right up in their face. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're on a plane, that's not necessarily going to happen. You know, you might meet people at the airport or, you know, there's people do some interesting street photography in that context. But um, you're not going to have the opportunity to come in contact with so many different people and different types of people. And, um, you know, I've seen it on our workshops. You look around and Rick's gone and, you know, he's got two guys outside and he's put, he's basically setting up a, a little street portrait and he's posing them by good window light and things like that. And, and uh you know, our, our clients kind of trip out. They, you know, it's people they wouldn't even have thought to speak to. Like, oh, I, th I figured that guy would be really mean, but, you know, Rick knows the guy and now he's going to have dinner with the, you know, at his family's house or something. And, um, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not too much. Yeah. No, it, it is interesting. It's, it's, it's funny how that does work, but it, it, it is really a, a respect thing. I mean, you walk up to someone and you, you're interested in, in their lives and not just making a photograph, you know, it's, it makes a difference to them. Uh, I think, and then they're more uh, more apt to be, you know, a little more uh, cooperative. Absolutely, and it's you know th that just reminds me. I was just reading about that uh, Humans of New York project and kind of where that is now, and um, you know, it's basically pictures of strangers, but it's pictures of strangers with their stories attached. And I think the story is what makes it interesting. And um, like you said, people are more apt to to be into being photographed if they think you're interested in them, and not just you know adding a picture to your your portfolio or something. So I agree 100%. Yeah, letting them tell you about their lives is is the whole trick. I mean, they people love to do that. You know, it's really it's pretty cool. And you get a great story out of it too. So if you're you're describing the image that you made, uh, you've got just a great story to go with it instead of just I met this guy, I took his picture and that was that. You know, so 
you know, I like to make photographs and have stories with them. It's a, it's a much more interesting thing for me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what advice can you give people that, that are taking a road trip? Um, the places that you go and photograph and the people that you meet are way off the beaten path sometimes. How do you find these really interesting spots like Chloride, Arizona, for example? Well, Chloride, yeah, I mean, I, I like to try to look. I may go look you know, on, on the Internet to find towns that are have a very small population that are you know, below 1,000 people and try and locate those towns on my way and then just drive in and check it out and usually find a little local restaurant or something to have breakfast in and go in and talk to the owner or, or even the waitress and just say, you know, where I'm from and what I'm doing. And and what happened in Chloride is, that, you know, a couple of the locals overheard me talking and, and you know, they're, they're all right, all about the fact that I'm from New Jersey and they're just like, wow, these guys from New Jersey and in Chloride, Arizona, like, what'd you do, make a wrong turn? You know, and... Um, and then they get in on the conversation, and then right away I just kind of jump on them and say, uh, you know, well, you guys live in Chloride, Arizona. There's 200 and something people here. You guys have to have great stories. And then it all just rolls, man. It's just, it's awesome. It's just, you know, and, and every little town, Groom, Texas, same thing, 800 people. Went into a little place there and, you know, told people what I was doing, and they were just all about it. So, you know, tell you about their little town. It's It's pretty cool, so. You know, research it a little bit before you go, and if you have to go out of the way a little bit, it's definitely worth it. I mean, look at chloride. Those people in chloride, I'll, I'll go back again and see them this time when I travel. Uh, I'll drop in, and I'll have breakfast there one morning, and I'll hang out and, and chat with them, and, you know, it'd be great. Maybe we'll go back on another workshop. Yeah, and and that's a great tip, uh, you know, find the local watering hole, because that's the one place that you know everybody's going to be. It's not as if in, in some little tiny town where, as you said, they have 200 people there. They're not. They don't have a lot of choices for going to breakfast. They're going to be at the one place for breakfast. So, um, you know, go at meal time to where people share a meal, and that's that's where you're going to meet the people. If you just go at, you know, 11:30 in the morning between you know breakfast and lunch or whatever, you're not necessarily going to run into anybody that interesting. No, for sure. And you you definitely want to meet the people that are you know rolling in there for breakfast in the morning or, or going in for lunch. Breakfast I find to be really interesting because they're just you know, it's first thing in the morning, and everybody's just kind of hanging out and relaxing over a cup of coffee. And it, you know, I just find it to be—it's real interesting. I mean, when I first chloride was my first um, really interesting place because it was a bit twilight zone-ish. You know, when I first went in, and and then after that, it's just like you know, now they're just like my buddies. You know, they text message me, "Are you coming back? What's going on?" You know, it's really funny. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we had a great time there, man. I, I was uh, I was a little dubious, not because I was afraid to go to this little town. I just didn't didn't really imagine there would be that much to shoot. But it, it was a really uh, really interesting place, and the people, as you said, they they really made the difference in um, showing us a uh, a really interesting good time there. Yeah, I, I find that you know it's it's fun, and the more I travel, the more I I you know enjoy stuff like that. The the place I went to, Hugo, uh, Oklahoma, where all the circuses winter. Yeah. I mean, I just happened to look that up and I decided I would go there. And when I went in, I, I had made contact with him via email and I wound up having the mayor drive me around for four hours and show me everything there was in town, including meeting one of the only living Marlboro men. I mean, you can't beat that. That was just a blast. Right. 
really. And that's not something you see if you stay on the interstate. And, and oh yeah, absolutely. Downs. I mean, I had to drive down the uh, the Cherokee Highway and go into Hugo and went in there, and it was just it was great. I mean, I had a blast. And you know, having the mayor drive me around, I was like the greatest tour guide ever. You know, he <laughs> he knew everybody and introduced me to everyone, and including uh, you know the elephant handler on one of the big circuses. And it was very cool, hanging out with the elephants and. Yeah, it's really, really interesting, man. That sounds awesome. Well, um, tell me about your setup when you're on the road. I, I know there's things that you always have with you in the car. Um, you know, you're not a guy that's going to stop at every truck stop just to eat and, and that kind of stuff. I know you like to you like to be on the road. So, what do you consider essential equipment for the prepared road trip? Well, along with uh, spare everything, you know. So mechanically, I mean, my truck is is. Uh, is in real good shape. It runs real well, but I have spare parts, you know, belts and hoses and things like that, and and a jumper battery and and you know, uh, tire repair kits and compressors. And because I do go out into the desert by myself, and I don't know where I'm going to wind up. So if I actually have a problem, I can pretty much get myself going. Uh, I do carry, you know, some um, fire logs, you know, different stuff like that in case I needed to make a fire or do something. And, and I do have food and water and, and all that stuff with me. I do stop, you know, when I get gas, I'll get a cup of coffee or whatever, but I do have supplies with me. So if I disappear out into the Mojave or whatever, I can pretty much be on my own and not really worry about having to stop for water or food or anything else. I always have all that stuff with me, but you know, I, that's the nice thing about driving too, is I can have all that gear with me and then just stop and, make myself a sandwich someplace in the middle of God knows where and just be sitting out on the back of my truck and having a blast and making photos and, you know, doing whatever and not uh, be struggling looking for someplace to grab something to eat or, you know, sleep. I also pack, a, I have a full bed in the back of my truck, so I just will get tired, park and climb in the back and it's like being at home, you know, I got a down comforter and a down mattress and I'm warm as can be and I'm good to go. Nice. Yeah, you don't really have to have a, a, a big fancy RV just to, you know, camp out for a night here and there. And, and uh, like you said, just make your own food on the road. That saves a ton of money, too. Oh, yeah, it's a ton of money. Plus, you know what you're eating. You know, I mean, I, I have gotten food poisoning a couple of times on trips and uh, has not been fun. Um, so I kind of shy away from eating anything weird, uh, even in a good place. I mean, I had a good burger in a good restaurant and wound up really ill. And um, since that point, I was like, wow, I'm not, just not going to deal with that anymore. I'll just kind of stick with what I know. You know? Yeah. And that's a, a lot of people tell me, uh, you know, I try to eat right, but you can't really eat right on the road. And, and um, you know, making your own food is definitely one way that you can go about that. I think there's, um, I think there's a lot of ways that you can eat more healthy on the road. Um, from my experience, except in Socorro, New Mexico, which is yeah. – um, they only have hamburgers and green chilies. But okay. other than that, you can normally find something good to eat somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like having my own stuff because then I, I can, I feel better that I'm not just loading up on, on junk or grabbing, you know, a pack of Twinkies here and there. And I have, have decent food with me that I can make. I mean, if I get really intense, I'll bring a little portable stove with me and I'll cook some stuff. Yeah, but, uh, that's probably more of a more of a planning kind of a like you know you're going to camp out sort of a thing you know? yeah yeah i don't normally take a stove with me unless i plan on being out in a desert for a while where i'm going to actually make myself something to eat where i want to heat something up or whatever and i can do that but other than that i just have a big cooler with tons of stuff in it and you know lots of drinks 
and then lots of ice so works right. out well. What's the average length of a road trip? Like for example, you're going to Vegas from New Jersey. How long does that take? Well, Vegas uh, from New Jersey to Vegas, I'll probably do in in a little less than three days. Um, normally, uh, well, going out there this time, I'm going to leave myself enough time where I can do all my stops and do whatever I want, and just you know, if I want to stop and see my buddy Jay Redfeather and Williams, I'll I'll do that, and um, I'll give myself some time. But like on my way back from Vegas to Portland, Maine, I'll be pretty much not not stopping. I'll be standing on it because it's it's uh, I think it's 2,800 miles, so I have to uh, make that in two and a half days. So I'll be be given I'll give the old Nissan a run for its money at that point. Yeah. But uh, normally normally three days to go cross country is a is a normal time for me. I do drive a ridiculous amount of time during the day. I wouldn't put anyone else through that because I just I'll get tired, take a nap, wake up, and just drive another 500 miles and not think anything of it. No. Where if I had someone with me, they would probably you know want to strangle me in my sleep. Yeah. Because it would be a long time to be sitting in the passenger seat. Right, and it makes a big difference with the trips that you take. Like you said, you're leaving yourself plenty of time to stop where you want to stop, and and uh, you know I tend to book myself a little too, um, I book my trips a little too short. So I might see something that I might like to stop at, but yeah, and I'll just keep on keep on going. Yeah. Um, but I think that makes a big difference when you're looking to make those awesome pictures on the road that you actually leave yourself time to stop and do that. Do you see some, you know, beautiful light or you see an interesting thing or a, or a place that you want to stop and you have, you know, it's not like you're not going to miss the boat if you, um, you know, stop for an hour and shoot for a while. Yeah, I agree. I, I like to have that much time because there's a lot of times where you'll see something and, you you know, you've got to go up and exit, make a U-turn, come back. You get there for a little while and you kill, you know, before you know, you kill a half hour, an hour, especially if you meet someone. If you meet someone and they, you know, want to talk, you have a conversation and you don't want to cut them short. Because the more you talk to them, the more interesting it seems to get and the, the better the photo is that you make because they're just relaxed and hanging out and, you know, they're not, not you're not strangers anymore. That's the funny part, you know. You now, you now, you're kind of, you know, you're you warmed up. Everybody's relaxed, and you're just talking about, you know, them talking about what you do and the road trip, and and everybody's pretty. They think the road trip thing's crazy when I tell them how many miles I have, and I've met the tractor trailer drivers that say, "Man, I don't have that many miles on my truck." You know, where do you go? I was like, you know, I've only got a hundred thousand miles on my truck, and it's that old. It's like, where are you driving to? You know. <laughs> You tell them but everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is. It's just fun wherever I can, you know. Yeah. Well, um, do you tend to pack the car as full as you can go because you know you're gonna uh, you have plenty of room for it? I, I know when when we went shooting in Arizona last summer, you know, we looked. I was I was laughing when I got to the airport because it looked like you were gonna move in. You had all these bags and um, for like a what a three or four day trip. So I, you know, it's a big difference when you're used to packing for an airplane and when you're used to packing for the truck. Um, do you find that you just bring more stuff than you need sometimes? In the truck, yeah, definitely. You know, I'll bring, I'll throw in reflectors that I probably wouldn't bring and and things like that, just because I can have them. And and um, you know, obviously, any lenses that I have that I would normally like maybe leave home, and this way I can just kind of have everything. And also, it gives me the opportunity to play around with that stuff too. So it's like, hey, you know what? I I happen to have the 25 millimeter one four. I'm going to just put it on and use it for a while, you know, rather than just 
having three lenses that I took with me. Instead, I'd take the whole gamut. You know, I'll bring everything from the, the fisheye all the way up to the, you know, the one to 300 millimeters. So right. I may as well have it all if I can. Uh, just for equipment-wise, yeah, it's a blast. I mean, I'll, I'll throw a, maybe a, well, I'll bring, you know, a couple of little LED panels and stuff like that just in case I want to play around for something. You never know. I mean, whatever pops up, if I have the opportunity, I may as well have it with me. Doesn't right. Take, doesn't take up a lot of space, and you know, a lot of times it just stays in the truck. When I go out, like in Vegas, I'll go out and do the job, and then, uh, I, you know, I'll bring in what I need. But then once I'm on the road, I'll probably use more stuff, uh, reflector-wise and stuff like that. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I usually fly where I'm going, and so I'm I'm trying to, you know, weigh out. Well, I'm probably not going to shoot with this lens. I'll, I'll probably leave yeah. that at home and. Um, it's so one of the advantages of going to the same places over and over again. Like when I visit Costa Rica, I can pretty much pare it down to about three or four lenses that I'm going to take because I know kind of what the subjects are going to be and what my distance to them are going to be, and, and I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to want to shoot. But um, but the idea of just throwing every lens in, that you have in the bag and taking it is, is sounds like a lot of fun too. Yeah, I mean – it, it agreed. It, it's like if you're going to a place like Costa Rica, you you definitely know what you need to bring. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you know, I'm I never know what I'm going to do. There might be a shot that I want to throw the fish eye on, or or you know, the seven to fourteen, and I'll be like, man, I I didn't bring that with me. You know, if I flew, it'd be like, you know, that stinks. And I really wish I had that lens. You know, and this way I just can you know stick it on there and give it a go. Nice. Camera body wise too. You know, throw all the bodies in there and put them all in the bag and. Have a little bit of everything and just play around with it. I got a power strip in my truck that I just plug all the chargers into and just charge them while I drive, making sure I've got everything going. So it's kind nice. of fun. Yeah. yeah, it's it's there's a lot of luxuries in in basically driving your own little headquarters with you. Yeah, it's fun because you know I've got the I've got the the Wi-Fi and I've got all that stuff, so I can just do this kind of thing as long as I get a signal somewhere. I mean, I can go live wherever I am, and and it's pretty neat. You know, being able to Wi-Fi images from my camera to my phone and then put them up on the computer and maybe Snapseed them a little bit on my iPad and then and put them up onto social media. And it's just fun, man. You know, I mean, it really does. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. What's your what's your setup on the road? Because you're constantly posting pictures on Facebook and Instagram. And, I mean, heck, you're doing a, a Google Plus Hangout from your car, from the truck. So um, what is what sort of equipment are you using and what's your basic workflow while you're out on the road? Well, basically, you know, I have my laptop with me. I've got an iPad mini with me. Of course, I've got my iPhone with me. I do have an inverter in my truck so that I can plug things in and, and run like my laptop and things like that, charge them up, and also run my, I've got the little uh, the Wi-Fi hotspot from Verizon 4G that I can run with, you know, pretty much wherever I am. And if I want to run my, you know, my computer like I am now, I can go on the computer or the iPad and just use that. And, uh, and it works well, you know, and it gives me the opportunity to kind of be wherever and still be in touch with everybody and still be able to post pictures, you know, onto Instagram and then throw them on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and where else and do a video if I want. I mean, I've done some videos right out in the Mojave and just, you know, transferred them up and stuck them on Instagram, you know, or, or you know, anything like that. You know, doing flixels, for example, just playing around out there, and then and do a flixel out in the desert with some sneakers hanging off of a uh, a fence, and there one of them's twisting, and you know, I can just 
do that on my phone real quick or on my iPad and they just pop it up online and everybody gets a kick out of it. They just kind of feel like they're sort of following me on the trip and, you know, kind of feel like they're there. So it's fun. Sure. Being in, being in touch is important, man. It really is. Absolutely. Um, and so you're using the Wi-Fi in the camera for that? The Wi-Fi in the camera I'll use for the, uh, you know, transferring them over onto my iPad. And then from there I'll use the, uh, I may use the phone if I have a signal to post it up on Instagram or, or wherever. But if I, for some reason, I don't want to use the phone, I'll just use the iPad and I, or the or my computer and use my uh, my 4G or my, my 4G, my, uh, yeah, 4G. Yeah, the hotspot. That's that's pretty cool. Spot, man. Right? Yeah. I gotta, I gotta get one of those. Either that or just always ride with you and then use yours. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I always have an empty seat in the front. Well, sort of. You know. <laughs> Except for the cooler and the. The cooler uh, and the, yeah, yeah, the snack bag and you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, I also have a CB radio that I I put in the truck, just to uh, sometimes uh, when it's boring and there's nothing going on. I mean, if you really want to be. Uh, uh, Enlightened to what's going on in a trucker world, as you turn on the CB and start listening to a conversation of those guys, and it, and it's pretty interesting. It's kind of fun. Nice. I remember so. doing that when I was a kid. Uh, when we would go on road trips, my uh, my stepmom would get the CB out of out of her dad's car and put it in the in the minivan. And I remember, you know, everybody's supposed to be sleeping overnight, but I'd always stay awake and listen to the truckers running. Yeah, because sometimes it's pretty interesting. And then also, if if you happen to get stuck in traffic. Those guys absolutely know the best places to detour mm. um, better than any GPS system or anything else. They just know where to go, and they know good places to eat, and they know all kinds of stuff. So if you're in a pinch and you, you want to stop somewhere, they'll tell you, oh, don't stop at that truck stop. That one's got lousy food. Stop at this one. That's got better food. So that's kind of cool. You know? Yeah, it doesn't get any more real time than that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and these guys do that all the time. So they, they know the best places to eat. So Very Pretty cool. cool. All right, well, we're getting to the end of the episode, so I'm going to hit you with the uh, the usual five questions. So what is your, your go-to photo gear setup? All right, well, right now, I mean, I'm pretty much hooked on the, uh, the GH4. The GH4 is, is really kind of my favorite camera to use, and right next to that, now I'm saying that LX100 is pretty sweet. I mean, I, I throw that on the seat of my truck and leave it there, and when I'm, you know, it's got a fast enough lens. It's got the, the, the zoom that's just perfect. So 75 reaches out pretty far. It's still fast, and I can grab shots, you know, at night and stuff in different trucks, the option. But usually uh, the GH4, the GX7 I like. I still like that a lot for some of my street stuff. Um, just walking camera. It's nice and small. Um, but uh, I would say that the... GH4 and the LX100 is probably uh, my my go-to gear, and that 42 and a half millimeter uh, Leica Nocatron lens is one smoking lens for a uh, for doing any kind of portraits that I like, any of my headshots or anything like that. And you know I like to make square portraits, so those are uh, that's just fun. The square verticals I, I prefer. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Rick is the pioneer of shooting <laughs> square vertical photography. Um, okay, how has your how has that yeah. stuff changed in the last year? Obviously, the GH4 is a newer camera, um, but um, has your has your eye has your uh, your setup changed at all in the last year? Um, you know, I started I when I I was using a GH3 pretty heavy, and when the GH4 came out, um, I really jumped on that, and I just 
that probably is my my favorite, and that has changed things. I mean, uh, well, you were at uh, when you were at Unique Photo doing your, you saw some of the the 35 inch square photos that were posted on the back wall. I mean, that camera does a remarkable job, and that's a JPEG shot right out of the camera, and they just blew it up, and it looks ridiculously good. So yeah. for all those people that are concerned, saying they they make they make photographs and they they like to print pictures. I mean, man, there's no limit to what you can do with the, you know, the GH4 is a smoking camera. That thing's great. Yeah. It does a beautiful job. I mean, you can make prints. And then, you know, anybody that thinks you can't is just misinformed. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you do on the road to uh, to make your, well, in your case, your truck or your hotel room feel like a home away from home? Well, just to, I try to have everything at my fingertips, you know, I mean, I have stuff on my front seat, so I'll have a camera right there so I can just grab stuff if something comes up, um, try to be prepared for everything. Um, usually I have, you know, my, my little drink cooler and everything right in the front, and I can just grab a drink and keep driving, and, and you know, I've got pretty much everything right there, the phone's plugged in, the GPS is plugged in. I got a little bit of everything going on there. I've got my iPad set up, so in case I want to get on something there, I can look something up real quick, and you know, I have a map that I can go to that's a good size, so I don't have to be putzing around with my phone. Not everybody has a big phone like you do. No <laughs> worries. <laughs> that's true. Well, really, yeah, in your yeah. case, it would be more like when you're at home. What do you do on your couch to make it feel more like your truck? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I have a steering wheel on my couch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, from a photography standpoint, what's your favorite place that you visited lately? Um, I would have to say uh, Williams, Arizona, on our last trip. I mean, recently, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Jay Redfeather is a, a really great individual. He's a lot of fun. Uh, he just had some pictures on Facebook the other day. He was in Oatman, and uh, his girlfriend was uh, was petting the, uh, the the little uh, burrows, oh, and nice. it, it just brought back memories. It was really funny, and uh, yeah, it's funny. You know, it, it warms the heart to see you know to make friends and have friends on Facebook now from all over the place. You know, and and they post pictures and they say, "Hey, are you coming back out this way?" and you know, stop by and hang out, and you know, we'll have a beer or a cup of coffee or you know, whatever. And it's uh, it's kind of fun. So yeah, I would say that Williams is a is a pretty interesting place, and uh, more so the people. I just I I love going back and saying hi to the people that I've met in the past and and made photographs of, and uh, you know, a lot of them they're the photographs that I've made are their Facebook profile photos, and uh, it's pretty cool. That's cool. Well, what's next? What are you What are you looking forward to uh, visiting and shooting next? Well, actually, I'm really looking forward to the going cross country again. I like that. I mean, I think I'm, I might actually take a. I might go across 70 this time and go kind of in the middle of the country and see what happens. Go through Colorado and out that way. Depends on the weather. I track the weather big time because you never know what you're going to run into, and I don't want to get stranded in any snowstorm. I mean, I've changed from my truck and everything else, but I mean, there is a certain amount of you know, danger involved if you get stuck and the road stops and you get stuck in traffic. It doesn't matter what. I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck. So I really don't want to do that. I'm driving crazy. Um, but I'm looking forward to Portland. Portland's going to be a blast. I'm looking, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be an interesting place uh, to check out in the winter as well as being able to do a uh, springtime uh, workshop. Yeah, so. I'm looking forward to that too, man. I, um, on one hand, I think it would be really cool to see it with snow, but then I don't want to get stuck there and 
Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm torn. Well, you know, uh, I will have my truck, so, you know, if the flights get sure. canceled, I mean. He's driving know, home. That far, I'm driving home. That's <laughs> no sweat, man. There you go. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show, Rick. And uh, from your truck, that's hilarious. Uh, where can listeners find out more about you online? I would say uh, Rick Garrity on Instagram. Uh, if you're on Instagram, uh, that's great because I, I post everything to Instagram, and then it goes to Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and you know it just goes all over the place. And it's just uh, the the um, the world of micro Lumix Micro Four Thirds on Facebook is a is a great place to kind of follow my my. Uh, my adventures because everything that I post on Instagram, if they don't have Instagram, can check me out on Facebook. Cool. And I'll, uh, I'll put all those links on the post. Yeah. And um, you can also find out about um, Rick's and my photo workshops at digitalphotoadventures.com. And um, Rick, thanks for being on the show, man. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thank you, Rob. I'll see you in Portland. You bet. And if all you right. like what you hear on your itinerary, please tell all your friends about it and stop by iTunes and leave us some positive feedback because we'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. You've been listening to Your Itinerary with Rob Knight. Head over to thisweekinphoto.com to check out the other TWIP shows and get on our mailing list. Become a TWIP member to get exclusive benefits and member pricing on TWIP products and workshops. Start planning your next adventure, and we'll see you next week on Your Itinerary for travel and photography. Photography.